This is Unfilter, episode 142 for May 6th, 2015. Fighting new threat from ISIS this morning. The terror group promising new attacks in the U.S. in the next six months. And it's even naming specific locations. Let's bring in a former Navy SEAL Team 6 member, Rob O'Neill, the man who shot bin Laden, and a Fox News contributor. Rob, your reaction to the fact that they say they have 71 trained soldiers in 15 different states. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me. The reaction I have to that is they're telling the truth. Welcome to the great month of May and another edition of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. No, do not adjust your podcatching client. This is Chase. I am here and joining me is my good friend, Mr. Chris Fisher. Hey, Hello, Chris. buddy. It's good to have you back. Thank you, man. And you know, we uh, we were gone for a couple of weeks during the Linux Fest madness yes. and uh, the whole world went crazy while we were gone. Well, at least the United States of America did. Actually, America. France went crazy. The UK went crazy. Syria's gone crazy. Yeah, everybody went crazy. I I, uh, I was in my underground bunker. Yeah. I was down there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I want to get this uh, elephant out of the room um, right at the top of the show. I just want to let everybody know. First off, thank you so much uh, to every one of you um, who reached out to me and uh, – Said, hey, you know, hey, we're we're here, we're behind you, uh, you, Hello, Angela, you the entire Jupiter Broadcasting and Geek Gamer TV communities. Everybody's just been awesome, and uh, thank you. Um, you know, um, things are not a hundred percent, but uh, I'm at a point now where I can uh, start to uh, get back to the things that uh, I really love doing, things you enjoy doing, um, and uh, this is one of those things. So I missed you guys a lot. It's Aww. great to be back. Yeah, uh, I. I really, I, I still, I just hate, I hated, uh, it, it was hard for me to watch the, the coverage uh, from Linux Fest Northwest, not, not because of someone else doing it or anything like that, because I wasn't there, because yeah. I wanted to be there. A lot very, of Unfiltered fans showed up and asked about you. Yeah. A no, lot. It was, I, it was so I, I would, tough. I would say maybe double last year. Yeah. No, yeah. It, was, it was so tough. Um but don't worry, you guys. That just gives me another 11 months to be ready for next year's Linux Fest That's Northwest. Right. That's right, which, buddy. by the way, I, I mean, I had I, – I don't even want to tell you this because you're just going to be like all like maybe what? sad. And dep- what? I was working on uh, animated lower thirds oh. for the guests, oh. transitions. Oh. Oh, I know, I know, oh. I know, I know, oh, I know. Geez. Uh, but basically, uh, just uh, you know, in a nutshell, family stuff. Um, you know, in my life, uh, there are just a couple of things that will pop up above uh, doing the podcasting thing, uh, and one of them is family. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had to take some time away, and you know, obviously there might things be things that will come up in in the short term future. But right now, um, I'm comfortable enough to get back in the saddle. So it's, well, I'm it's glad nice to have to you here. here. And you know, definitely one of the things I've learned the last, really the last year or so is uh, uh this is a, this is this is super super important to me but uh family does have to come first yeah yeah and that's no. that's for sure and uh you know chase yes chris what else comes along with all of that is perhaps 
some privacy. Perhaps Chase, you would like to have some privacy. Well, during you all know, of this. I you know, I know one one group, one three letter agency uh-huh. that was probably uh-huh. keeping a closer on, eye on me than anybody else. I'm I'm wondering if you could guess that three letter agency. Uh, Chris. Could it be? Uh, let's see. Uh, what's, what's you want to think about it? Gynecologist. No, no, three letter agency. Okay. Chris. No, government agency. Chris. Could it three be? Letters. Let's see, three letters. Federal. Federal, get all up in your shit. Yeah, all, they, they, they like to look at stuff. Oh, I know, NSA. Yes! Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a couple of stories that we have in the show notes for all of you. Uh, first one came from our buddy, William Biney, who's uh, a former uh, NSA guy. He left uh, right after 9-11, and he says that the NSA now is so overwhelmed with data that it's essentially ineffective. There's a great write-up we have linked in the show notes uh, I want to link you guys to, because that is great. Also, uh, The Intercept this week put out a great article about how how the NSA does uh, text-to-speech recognition – or I'm sorry, speech-to-text recognition for Ooh, phone calls. Wow. And they have what they call the Google of phone searches that oh, they've had geez, since 2006. Wow. Great article by The Intercept with uh, really good reference links as well. So uh, I like look – at, look at the chat room. They were doing yeah, – <laughs> The NSA. KFC. KFC. <laughs> uh, there was NBC in there as well. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> have we talked about the Stingray device on this show? I oh, know. yeah. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Good. Actually, uh, one of our local cities, Tacoma, Washington, had a Stingray device. Bingo, buddy. Yeah. So I've – also have been covering it on uh, Tech Talk today, uh, including like the fact that one of our local, like the Seattle or I'm sorry, the Tacoma one, yeah. they like uh, the FBI urged the uh, local police department to bail on the case, so that way they ha- would not have to reveal. They would this. have to divulge it. Yeah, yeah. So right. this this Stingray stuff is super in- I- interesting. Uh, first of all, from a Jupiter Broadcasting standpoint, we've covered technologically how it works from a security and techno and from a radio standpoint on TechSnap. Right. Uh, we've covered uh, how the U.S. government. Has has been trying to hide it from the people on this show and and how they use it to survey the people. Right. And on Tech yeah. Talk today, we've covered the nuances of how it's been coming out in local cases. So all of it now comes together in episode 142 of the Unfilter show, where we may actually, starting very soon, have some information revealed about the Stingray program by the Justice Department. Now, if your head's spinning, if you have no idea what we're talking about, or if you've completely been up to date across all of these shows, what we're talking about, this is going to work for you. So this is a great clip that's going to bring us up to date on what could potentially be some big breaks in the Stingray stuff. Well, the U.S. Justice Department says it will begin revealing details on the use of Stingray cell phone tracking tools. Officials with the Justice Department telling the Wall Street Journal that they have launched a review into how law enforcement agencies use the controversial technology. You know what's the worst part about the Stingray? What's that? It screws, oh. it screws your phone up. And it like puts you on like like old like two three G type stuff. Oh, like so it doesn't even use an LD, uh, LTE. No, it forces your phone like onto Edge. Ew. So yeah, it screws Ew. up. Your, I know, right? What a pain in the butt. And then it, then you'd go and complain to your cell phone company, like, man, I got an Edge speed in my house. They're like, no, you should L- be getting four G LTEs, oh man. Oh my god, what if I need to update Facebook? I got stingrays. I want to like Meerkat or something. Oh my gosh, I got a Periscope. Periscope of a brand of cell site simulators. It's a tool which allows law enforcement to trick a phone into sending its cell signal and associated data to the device rather than to an actual cell phone tower. This gives authorities the ability to gather location, numbers dialed, length of calls, and in newer models, the actual contents of conversations Mm. and texts. Mm. The announcement from the DOJ comes as the FBI has released thousands of pages of heavily redacted documents related to stingrays. One of the redacted documents is titled, Cell Phone Tracking for Dummies. (sighs) 
Nice. I was joined earlier by Lionel of Lionel Media, and first asked him why he thinks. Man, is he looking good or what? Is it just me, or is he like looking a little tan? Well, the, well, the one thing you got to realize is the anchors on Russia Today. You know, they don't have a lot of money, so yeah, what I, he does, I, I think he's one of their best. Yeah, I know, but what happens is after he does this, he goes over next door to QVC, yeah, and he starts showing off items and stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. There has not been any major public outrage over Stingray technology. Well, because, Ben, we've, uh, not we, you and me, but the public has been habituated. And I love this guy. Give this guy a chance. This guy's great. Acclimated. I mean, after all, we're a society that stands online overnight to get the new NSA tracking device called an Apple Watch. Oh, hey, Jim, <laughs> by the way, where's your Apple Watch, buddy? Uh, no, I don't have one, but Pebble, wait, huh? D- I-, I swear, I thought I saw Angela. Yeah, Angela Instagram. So, she got one. So NSA's tracking her. I guess, according to this guy. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, the NSA tracking device. News alert. But what's interesting to note is I want to introduce to the listening audience this new doctrine called Lionel's Law. And that is that the law always lags behind technology. Let's assume I had the envious position or title of having to defend this. Let's say the Department of Justice were to hire me to defend this. I would say to you, Ben, number one, you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy. The Fourth Amendment that I know you're going to bring up yes. talks about those instances. Where- I love this because what he's doing is he's bringing up points that we often bring up on the show. That's right. The Fourth Amendment. Right? Yeah. So yeah. this is essentially the government's argument against the Fourth Amendment. This is why the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply. This is why they can use Stingray devices. And by the way, Chase, they mm-hmm. can use Stingray devices without a warrant. This is why. And we have a reasonable expectation of privacy. Number two. I would say to you, Ben, that I'm not going after your conversations, your testimonial communications, but your data. Next, I would say that the Telecommunications Act of 1996 gives me, the government, any right or any ability I have to go after your data. Next, I can use this wonderful thing called national security, which basically is a blanket uh, allowance for me to do anything. Of course. So I guarantee you, oh, and don't forget the rubber stamp FISA courts, which we may or may not use. So Ben, not only do we have a group of people today who don't care, who are habituated and acclimated and conditioned to this, you know, surveillance being everywhere, as soon as you pose something, I will say that this really isn't what you think it is. Right. This is always the problem. That this is just metadata. These aren't conversations. And after all, by the way, if I accidentally get the wrong information, I will, of course, stop listening oh, and yes. stop collecting oh, that Of course. We, you you would never do that. Government. And of course, uh, as we mentioned, some of these newer Stingray models actually can detect and read the actual conversations of the text messages. I like, by the way, the, the idea of Lionel's Law, but you at least were willing to set out and make arguments that could be used essentially to defend this practice and yet the FBI is not even doing that there was in March of this year this case in in Seattle I believe where the FBI essentially told police to drop criminal charges against the suspect because they would rather drop the charges against the guy who by the way who was that was local to us the bad guy right. who had who had assaulted someone and beaten them um, and r- would rather drop the charges against them than reveal any information that, regarding the stingray right. So they won't even defend and let me it. add this. And let me add this. Let me switch around now. Now I'm going to defend you, Ben Swan, the <laughs> citizen. Uh-huh. And one of the things that this does in addition is that this violates the Communications Act because what Stingray technology does is... And this is actually what pisses me off. By virtue of basically fooling your cell phone, it interrupts 
the signals of others. So what it does is there is another provision, separate and, and distinct from any type of surveillance aspect, but it interrupts signals. It violates a host of laws. But remember, every time you upgrade, hey, there's a new OSX, there's a new um, upgrade. Do you know what you're agreeing to? Mm. Do you know when you accept the terms and conditions of... Be very afraid, citizen. ...this upgrade, when you check it? No! What you're doing is basically you're going to your carrier and saying, here, use this data however you want. I don't care. Just give me the cool phone. Now, this is very true, but of course, those of us who are in the know realize that's the case. That's why I like those... So, see, here's one thing that obviously you can probably answer better on the technical side of things. With Android 5.0 and iOS 8... Actually, it turns out they didn't turn on encryption in 5.0. Well, it's, in, it's, it's on on my phone, for example. Yeah. It's enabled. <laughs> That's where they stopped. Oh, okay. Because the results turned out to be so bad, they, didn't, they, uh, they, they reversed course on the OEMs. The o, none of the OEMs implemented it. Oh. So you don't have it enabled on your Galaxy nope, Edge? Nobody does. But, well, what, e- but even though on my settings it says it's enabled... Yours is. Oh, mine is. And I don't even know if they're shipping current ne- – like if you went and bought the Nexus 6 today, Oh yeah, it might not be enabled anymore gotcha. Like they've, they, because the performance was too bad. Yeah, mine's been fine. You should try turning it off and see if the performance is better. Well, I heard if I turn it off that it wipes my phone and I have to start over again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. But it might be it, – some people are saying it doubles the performance of the access. Of really? The yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, and of course, they're, but they're talking more about the the uh, data over, that goes over the cellular network, not the data that rests on the phone. Oh, okay. So they're talking about the transmitted data. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's why, you know, I encourage people to use things like Hangouts, Telegram, well, not, not so much Hangouts, but Telegram and, and, and maybe even iMessage. Hangouts, I guess, is better than regular text messages. But if you use systems that don't ride over the carrier's network, that inherently gives you a little more protection. Nothing says they couldn't go to Google and get a warrant to get access to Hangouts. But remember. But they can't do whole cloth collection. Uh, remember, Chris, if you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem? You got nothing to hide. You got nothing, you got nothing to hide. Okay. All right. So, uh, Chase, I don't know if you knew this because you've been a little busy, preoccupied, but there was a massive lone wolf terror attack in the heart of America's homeland, Texas, of course. I heard about this. Woo, Chase. Watch out. It was ISIS-inspired. Today, ISIS took responsibility for the Garland, Texas shooting, the first attack it has claimed on U.S. soil. U.S. officials are now probing connections between one of the Texas gunmen, Elton Simpson, and ISIS to determine to what degree the attack was directed from abroad. Though there is no evidence the terror group gave the gunman specific instructions. One- I'm sorry, what? There was no, what did they say? No, what What was the word they used? What? Uh, I think uh, it was evidence. Evidence? There was no, I'm sorry, there was no evidence. The gunman's specific instructions. One U.S. official tells CNN that the shooting was, quote, certainly more than just inspiration by ISIS. Because of the quick and professional and brave work of local law enforcement officers, uh, an attempted terrorist attack was foiled. The attack fits a well-known pattern of ISIS recruitment and incitement, encouraging sympathizers via a sophisticated social media campaign to join the fight in Syria or, if they cannot, 
carry out terror attacks closer to home. Now, this is such crap. We've covered this for weeks on the Unfilter Show. These are random tweets that can't be attributed to any specific person encouraging people to do such and such. Simpson apparently had public exchanges on Twitter with this prominent British-born ISIS fighter. Now, I, I encourage you to listen with your critical ear. Listen to how much of all of these stories, all of these stories, ride on conversations and people following other people on Twitter. And that is 100% solely the true basis of fact, is these people follow people on Twitter and tweet. And that is what all of this is based on. Listen carefully. About the Muhammad cartoon event in Garland. Now, you know about this cartoon event in, in Texas, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Okay. And yeah. there was this shooting, right? Uh, so this is what this is in this, what this is, this is the, the shooting people that we're talking about. So now listen, because all of this is based on who they follow and talk to on Twitter. This is really important. Had public exchanges on Twitter with this prominent British born ISIS fighter about the Muhammad cartoon event in Garland. And another person tied to the Somali-based terror group Al-Shabaab. I don't know that you can say that ISIS said go to Garland, Texas and attack that, that location and that, that activity, but uh, they're certainly part of the psychological approach of this that causes people to be radicalized. I'm Those who knew Simpson and his fa- I'm having a lot of problems with this. I'm having problems with this in a big way. Now, are you, are you, are you picking up on what my issue might be? <laughs> There's a few, but yeah, go ahead. I'm just having issues where uh, because they're on Twitter, yeah, uh, but oh, we've talked about. Well, that we talked. We've yeah, oh, yeah we've we've yes. beat that one. Down. Yes. Now uh, here's what I love, though. So here's how here's what the media is framing it as: Was this ISIS instructed or ISIS inspired? That's how this entire thing is being. No, framed. It, it, there's oh there's not even an area for debate. They're asking: Is this ISIS instructed or ISIS inspired? Now your buddy, Mike my good Mor- friend, your good friend Mike Morell, yeah, uh, who the guy who's number two at CIA, uh, and and uh, after your other buddy Petraeus got kicked out, he ran the CIA for a little while. Uh, until uh, the current CIA director stepped in, now the uh, drone king. So he got back on CBS News because even though he's still a CIA employee, he goes on CBS News and tells us stuff we already know. And he says, no, this was not directed by ISIS. CBS News senior security contributor Mike. Now watch Mike Morrell's eyes. He is reading a teleprompter. What is the point? He's even reading Charlie's lines. He goes to even say good morning. <laughs> he doesn't say good morning because he realizes it's not in the teleprompter. Watch him as he does this. What is the point of having the guy that you used to be at the CIA for like 30 plus years, if all he does Chris, is read the Chris, 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 you realize this is a CBS Morning News, okay? This is a national news program, okay? It's got to be quick. It's got to be snappy. It's got to be on the draw. You so know, they cannot it. have him ad lib. He's not the weather guy. Yeah, that's true, but it's so uncomfortable. Watch him. Tell me you right. are not okay. so uncomfortable. All right. Watching. I'm watching. Okay. For Morrell, he is a former CIA deputy director. Michael, good morning. Let me begin with your assessment of these Twitter exchanges. So, Charlie, no doubt in my mind that given these Twitter exchanges and there also appears to be some exchanges with an individual in Syria as well, that the Twitter exchanges, hostile Twitter exchanges, weaponized Twitter exchanges. Bang suggests that one. Weaponized Twitter exchanges. I mean, come on. This is the CBS Morning News. This is the guy that ran the CIA for like 30 years as different politicians came in in the director position. He is – this is what he's reduced to. Who runs these Twitter accounts? These are what inspired uh, these guys to, uh, to attempt this attack. Hashtag Texas attack. Inspired, not directed. 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 And does it make a difference? Sure, I think it does. Uh, there's both a positive and negative, I think. Um, the negative is that a directed attack gives you the opportunity to do something bigger um, because you can 
put more individuals around it. Um, Video you know, courtesy of ISIS. in a mall, for example. Um, but the but the, but the positive is that a directed attack. There's communication between the leadership of the group and the terrorists, so it gives you an opportunity to to detect the attack in advance. Now, as you know, Mike, that ISIS has claimed credit for this attack. Of course, because they tweeted it. Do you think that helps them recruit more members here and otherwhere in other places? In underwear. Well, to be um, to re- to recruit folks to raise money, you have to conduct successful attacks, Gail. And this attack was not successful. And I think it's important to remember that. So I'm not sure. Boom, slam. All right. So uh, moving on from that. Wait, did he just throw down a challenge? I kind of liked it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, hey, if you want to recruit, you got to have successful. Yeah, you just got to do it. I know this is going to be a little tedious. I know we've talked about this before. You guys, it is important to me because I know we can get caught up in how they blame Twitter and stuff like that. But what they are doing is they are building the case for CISPA. They are building the case for censorship online. They are building the case to make a cyber boogeyman. They can create they can create thousands of Twitter accounts and then they can they can claim that they're directing terror attacks. We have to talk about this a little more. We are learning more today about the terror connections of the two men who opened fire outside of that Prophet Muhammad cartoon contest in Texas. Elton Simpson and Nadir Sufi died in that hail of uh, police gunfire Sunday after wounding a security guard. Really, the question now is this. Did foreign jihadis have a hand in the attack or did they merely inspire it? A law enforcement official says. <laughs> wow. Likely some- they have- oh, my God. So this is why you need to go to patreon.com slash unfilter, because uh, your host, Chris, here has heard the term inspired or directed by 30 million times this week. I want to punch a wall. I have heard it so many times. I have heard it so many times in so many clips. I am going crazy. And this is something I do so that you don't have to. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Somewhere in between. This is clear, though. Simpson did indeed have links to extremists on Twitter, including... Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah! Mm -hmm. Links on Twitter? Mm -hmm. No. What, he just followed them? Yes. Or, and sometimes they followed them back. Really? So, so if that... A British ISIS recruit believed to be in Syria. He was convicted in 2012 for stealing former British Prime Minister's... So he was believed to be in Syria, uh, and I have a clip in the overtime folder about this guy. This, uh, do you know how it? I, I, I'll, hold on, I'll back it up. Right. You got to hear his name because it's important. Syria. He was convicted in a British ISIS recruit believed to be in Syria. He was convicted in 2012 for stealing former She's British Prime Minister's name, Tony Blair's address book. And so this guy, uh, he published uh, Tony Blair's public address book, and uh, he also like uh, blocked the phone lines of some some public services. And so he's a cyber boogeyman, and uh, he's a big cyber terrorist, oh. and he's believed to be in Syria. He's connected back to some of these Twitter accounts. Posting it online. He also is implicated in the cyber caliphate hacking group's brief January takeover of the U.S. Central Command Twitter account. Joining me now, Site Intelligence Group Director Rita Katz. Now, she's a real expert. She's a total expert here. Rita, welcome. Thank you. Reading your article, you point something out that I think is significant. And now, Rita really wanted to break this down and talk about how social networks are really enabling a new form of terrorism and how Twitter needs to work hand-in-hand with the federal government to crack down. They have a public responsibility. And Rita, she's going to give us some of her real um, high-end knowledge on this. Not only was Simpson following these militants on Twitter, but that they were following him in return. 
You point that out. Why do you think that's significant? How strong? So do you hear this, Chase? It's super important. And Rita is the one that figured this out. Not only were they following some bad guys, but some bad guys were following them back. So they might have even been DMing. Oh my god. Rita is the one that Rita is the one that put this together. Uh. What do you think their affiliations were? Well, this is very important because the fact that uh, we, we have very prominent ISIS fighters such uh-huh. as Junaid Hossein, uh, who fights with ISIS in ISIS territory, Syria slash Iraq, indicate that um, Simpson was placed in an important location within their network. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Yeah, how can you watch this with a straight face? <laughs> how so can great. anybody? This is so great. I'm sorry. I, I just I, I was trying to keep it up. Chris, Chris, I, you need some uh, tissue, man. You're crying over I, there, buddy. I am. I, my, my Your eyes, eyes are watering. It's, it's very funny. It's great. All right, so let's wow. introduce a new character to the show, Chase. Yeah. Well, who's uh, is he? Uh, new or he or she? It is a he. Okay, a new. Uh... Oh, oh. Let's see if we can figure out who it is before, because this is actually a big deal. This is I wouldn't do this, but this is this is actually pretty huge. So, uh, chat room. I don't know if you're ready for this, but uh, here it is, chat room. It's, can you name? Yeah, go ahead. All right, chat room. Can you name our new guest on the Unfiltered Show? Perhaps we hope maybe even a regular on the Unfiltered Show. He is an expert on the Fox News Network. He is a recent contributor, and he. Knows how to kill a man. Can you guess who our new character introducing to the show right now is? Wow, wow. You don't have to, if you can't get his name, you could at least get his government position. Okay. I'll uh, give you, do you, want, do you want to go, Chase? Do you want to give the chat room? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't even, uh, you know, Robin Monks is saying in the chat room, the, the man who killed bin Laden, well, the member of what, SEAL Team 6? Uh, West, uh, West X Jeff is saying Mike Baker. Elmer Fudd has been thrown out there. Wyatt Earp. Is it Obama? Private? Is it Saving Private Ryan? Chuck so Norris? We you, don't know. You tell me when to pull it. You can pick which one out of those. You, uh, want. you know, all right, go ahead and pull it. You ready? Go, let's you just sure? go ahead and pull it. Is it WWE superstar John Cena? No. Oh. No, Chase, no. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. It is, uh, uh, sorry, Brutus. Yeah. Baby Jesus. <laughs> the baby Jesus. <laughs> Wait, no. no, no, I got it. I got it. It's a former Top Gear star, Jeremy Clarkson. Actually, I got to give it to Robin Marks. I don't know how he knew it, actually. Robin Monks really got it. Wow. It is, it is uh, the former uh, Navy SEAL, Robin O'Neill, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, is now a Fox News contributor, and he's going to come on our show on a regular basis. Yes! Buddy. Hey, well, so, hey, uh, for his inaugural clip, yeah. what do we got for him? So, and this is, I believe, how we should introduce him every single time. Uh, former Navy SEAL, Rob O'Neill, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, says that ISIS can claim whatever they want on Twitter because anybody can be anything on Twitter. Oh, that makes sense. Wait, whoa, whoa. What? Um, because they're more populous than anything. Wait, and stop for a minute. Very- stop. Sorry. Let me. I need a. This is for our audio guys. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you'd do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. Break it down. All right. So uh, they got him on a nice set here. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got. Uh, he's well lit. Uh, yeah. He's wearing the the, got the American uh, flag. American flag lapel pin. Yep. Uh, you got the Fox News uh, marker there. You on the notice bottom. the uh, top button isn't button no tie. Yeah. No. Very. Very kind of like. Uh, Cash, but you know more business cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably wearing shorts. Uh, but his name's Rob O'Neill. Let's talk about that lower third. Chair. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Right. Don't do it. Don't you worry. Uh, and the bottom right there, I know uh, the unfiltered logo yeah. is kind of covering it. It says Fox alert, Fox News alert. Because it's a news alert. Because it's Rob O'Neill. Talking. It's Rob O'Neill. So just now, because Rob O'Neill is speaking, that is a news alert. So Chris, I want you to do right now. Hold is, on, Chase. Hold yeah, on, yeah, Chase. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah. You know what, Rob O'Neill. 
Fox News alert. alert. Yeah, so yeah. we got Rob O'Neill here in the studio. And Chris, uh, close your eyes for a minute. Yeah. Pretend yeah. that you're... I'm Rob O'Neill. You're, no, no, no. Pretend no, that I you're... No, I'm Rob O'Neill. No, no, okay. you can't. <laughs> okay. Pretend that you're retired. All right. All right. So uh, pretend you're in your 60s. You're, you're chilling in your nice lazy uh, okay. boy lounger. Okay, I okay. Yeah, I got this. Uh, you turn on the TV. Yeah. And you're like, who's this, who's this guy? Yeah. Who's this guy kind of going bald? I want to know why he's important to me. Why is he right. relevant? Why do I care what this man has to say? I can't even see if he has eyebrows. Right. You can't even tell because he's so well lit. The lower third says, Rob O'Neill, the man who killed Osama bin Laden. Now, wait a minute. I thought it was Osama. Oh, you're right. I didn't even... Is it Osama or is it Osama? Why is it now with a U? Wait. I... Why is it gonna wait? Are, are you wait? Are you telling me <laughs> that they messed up the lower third? I thought it was Osama. Is it Osama? No, I think they changed it or something. Is it Osama or I Osama? Don't know what's happening? I didn't... All right. I, I, you know what? Go ahead and play the clip. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to our unfiltered crack team. You've broken uh, the show. You've derailed I... the show completely. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and we're gonna kick it back to Rob, I can't. and then we'll bring it back. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! All right, okay. Now listen, let's back it up. So, all right, all right, because you've covered a lot of the ground here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is. Uh, let's hold on. I got. I got to set this back up again because I am. I am so shocked by all of this. Charum, can you get to the bottom of this? I think there's a couple of different uh, ways. Oh, to okay. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, we got breaking news here. Breaking news oh, hold here. On, hold on. While we're in the right. yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fox News alert. Uh, it is Osama. O S A M A. According to the Book of so Knowledge, they misspelled it in the lower third. They misspelled it in the lower third. Now hold on. If you go by the CIA spelling, Robin Marx says I'm loving Robin Marx. Uh, if you go by Robin Robin Marx says, and if you go by the CIA, all right, spelling, all right. So here's what it says here. There, CIA spells it with a U. All right. Let me let me read you the the first paragraph from the Book of Knowledge. God, this is weird. Uh, there is no universally accepted tra- standard for translating Arabic words and Arabic names into English. However, Bin Laden's name is most frequently rendered as Osama bin Laden. The FBI and Central Intelligence Agency, as well as other U.S. governmental agencies, have used either Osama bin Laden or Osama bin Laden. Less common renderings include Osama, with two S's, bin Laden, and other stuff. So basically, the... The Arabic Linguistic Convention would refer to him as Osama, hmm. but basically Fox News decides to go... With the U for some reason. With the U, because, probably because the FBI and the CIA have used Osama. I, I wonder if maybe internally, if the U... Holy crap, hold on. Oh, oh wait, wait. What if this explains like some of the conspiracy theory stuff around, like if, Ob- if Osama bin Laden is dead... But uh, I wonder if, out of respect to this guy, if they're spelling it with a U, because maybe that's how they've spelled it internally for so long, and mm. it's only publicly with the media. Kind of like how ISIS and IS and ISIL, ISIL yeah. is sort of like made up for the West, and like they call Dash over, over now, in the, in the I am Icon in the chat is bringing up an interesting point as well. He says, if you search for Usama, all that comes up is Fox News. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So, yeah. anyways... Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, Osama. says that ISIS can claim whatever they want on Twitter because it turns out anybody can create a Twitter account. The man is a genius. Um, because they're more populous than anything, and they're very popular on social media, and they're allowed to take... Uh, a- they're allowed to claim any attack was theirs based on whether or not they like it. So if someone can say they like ISIS, 
tweet about it, and then make an attack. And ba- so think about what he's actually saying, because I actually think this is spot on. So uh, you can be like, hey, man, uh, I think ISIS is awesome. I'm a total ISIS supporter because you're a total dipshit. And uh, I'm going to do this in the name of ISIS. And if you do something cool, you know, from right. ISIS's yeah, yeah, perspective, yeah. Yeah. then they can say, yeah, we, we, we're down with that. And if you do something dumb from ISIS's perspective... They never have to claim it. This is what he's wow. saying. Wow. ...about it and then make an attack, and based on what happens, ISIS can say, yeah, that was us all day long, whether or not it's true. There you go. And so uh, there, that's what he has to say on that. Now, uh, former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, the man who killed uh, bin Laden, says that really if uh, – I, I love this line, Chase. How if, – if ISIS is going to do homegrown attacks, if ISIS is inspiring people to attack in Texas – there's only one way to truly defend against a homegrown ISIS attack. Do you think it's like uh, FEMA centers, Department of Homeland Security emergency packs? Uh, maybe it's drills in seven states. <laughs> what, Chase, what is it that you could do to help prepare the people from a homegrown ISIS-inspired attack? Because I'll, I'll tell you, former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, has an idea. I say, Chris, now you might laugh at me on this one, but if you see something – you might want to say something. That's not bad. That's not bad. But that's not going to protect the people, Chase. No, but if you say something to your government, yeah, you know, if you see something, I think you say that's something. What, I think that's a real good, like, yeah. uh, sort of passive. Okay, not getting too aggressive. What? What? Uh, or maybe carry a gun. What former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, suggests you should do is give the people guns. Two guys show up with AK-47s in a car, uh, and they get to the perimeter, and they're taken out because that place was bulked up knowing that there would be somewhat of a security threat. Rob, your thoughts about other people who might not have that security to to layer them? Well, they need to get the security. Uh, They they need to get the security, Chase. They need to get the security. The prime example of the difference between a gun-free zone and Texas. You know, they showed up at Charlie Hebdo. It was a massacre. They showed up at Charlie Hebdo. It was a massacre. These two guys would have gotten into that building. It would have been Charlie Hebdo times 10. Um, You know, but fortunately, these guys showed up because they were offended by something protected by the First Amendment, and they were quickly introduced to the Second Amendment. Oh! Boom. So uh, Rob says, just give him some guns. Give him some guns if you want to protect against homegrown ISIS. So terrorists. obviously he's been hanging out with McCain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chase, uh, there's a lot we could still cover. Um, yes, because we're kind of getting the wing, uh, the wind beneath our wings again, uh, and uh, we we I kind of I want to start uh, covering things sort of as they develop as we're back on the air. I wanted to just take a minute and do a little 2016 presidential election stuff. Are you okay with that? That's okay. It's starting, you know, we're starting to get a little bit going here. So that's okay. All right. So we've got some GOP candidates. Let's start with there. And then we got to talk about uh, Hillary Clinton's big uh, contender so far. A big Republican presidential field in 2016 will get significantly bigger this week with at least three new entrants. Nancy Cordes is in our Washington bureau. Uh, Nancy, two announcements tomorrow. That's right, Jeff. Dr. Ben Carson is making an announcement in Detroit, and businesswoman Carly Fiorina is expected to make it official, too. Carson got a lot of early attention from social conservatives. The question is whether this famed neurosurgeon can hold their attention now that other more seasoned candidates with deeper pockets are getting into the race. Fiorina's also viewed as something of a long shot, but the former CEO of Hewlett-Packard is trying to change that. She's been one of Hillary Clinton's most pointed critics on the stump, and she's likely to be the only female candidate in this very large GOP field, Jeff. Another new entrant on Tuesday in a familiar face, Mike Huckabee. 
That's right. The winner of the Iowa caucuses in 2008 is expected to give it another go, and he's making his announcement in his hometown of Hope, Arkansas, which incidentally is President Bill Clinton's hometown, too. Mm. And how come he's mm. going to be arguing that he took on the Clinton machine when he was governor of mm -hmm. Arkansas and that he can do the same now? <sighs> he's actually done pretty well in early polls, partly because he had his own show for several years on Fox and is so well known to GOP voters. Also, Nancy, on Tuesday, this uh, much-discussed book, Clinton cash is coming out, which, which takes this critical look at the donations to the Clinton Foundation. And every time you open um, it, you hear a cha-ching. What impact is that having on the campaign now? Well, most of the book's contents were leaked a couple of weeks ago and spurred a lot of reporting. So I'd say that most of the damage from this book has already been done. It forced the Clinton Foundation to admit that it made some mistakes in reporting foreign donations. Hillary Clinton, who's campaigning in Nevada this week, is going to have to address some of those questions at some point, but she hasn't yet, Jeff. Nancy Cordes, thank you very much. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. So uh, there is your update. I, I mean, let's just pretend like nobody else is listening if it was just you and me. All right. Are you impressed by anybody running on the right right now? Or like, I feel like Cruz is going to be fun for a while. Well, he'll be fun, but there's no way in hell he'll get the nomination. Rubio looks like a little boy next to Hill Dog. Yeah. He's Rand, also the... The only one I, I would say is Rand. Rand, yeah. He yeah. could be interesting, too. Yeah, Rand would be interesting. Um, but it, I've always learned, especially you know through Ron Paul and Rand and That's obviously with Bernie... That's why I'm not excited about Rand. Yeah, the thing is, one thing I've always learned is when you have someone that talks common sense, it doesn't matter who they are, Republican or Democrat, they never win. So let's talk about Bernie Sanders. So right. uh, Bernie Sanders is throwing his hat on the this Democrat side. Senator Bernie Sanders is Hillary Clinton's first official challenger for the Democratic presidential nomination. The Vermont Independent calls himself a Democratic Socialist. He says both parties are dominated by big money interests. These are th could they not find better pictures of this man? Like, <laughs> hey, really? what are you doing? But Sanders tells Nancy Cordes that a third party campaign was never an option. The reality is that uh, if you want to. Uh, engage in debates. If you want to mobilize people, it is very hard to do it outside of the two-party system. Mm -hmm. Sanders says if elected, he would raise the minimum wage and rebuild America's infrastructure. Can you believe we're back at this already? Seems like it was just since we, it just seems like we were just talking about the independent candidate. I know, I know. Well, of course, he's going to run on the Democratic side. And the reason why he does that is for the money reasons. Uh, I have uh, an interesting clip from him that gives more. So I don't I, I kind of feel like uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but we should spend a little more time on Sanders because I don't think anybody knows anything about him because I think he's probably the least known. Are you OK with spending a little more time on? him? Yeah, totally. All right. So this is uh, him talking to your uh, good friend, my good friend, your buddy. buddy. Uh, longtime friend, uh, Rachel Maddow. Hey, Rachel. And uh, I, I, again, I'm not for or against Sanders. I just want to give him a little more airtime because I think he probably doesn't get a lot, but I, I don't know really. Primary is Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who joins us now. Senator Sanders, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Um, I posit that Hillary Clinton has been slightly more liberal in what she has said she wanted to do with her. <sighs> I hate this line. This is essentially, well, the third party candidates, they'll never have a chance. But they make the two-party candidates lean more towards the uh, left or right. So while Bernie Sanders will never have a chance, at least he'll make Hillary Clinton a little more left. Bullshit. Right. Let's look at Barack Obama. Bull poopy. Her campaign than what I expected. Do you think that's true? Well, it's hard to judge. You know, she's only been out there for a few days. <clears throat> but the issue, Rachel, to my mind, is in this strange moment in American history, 
when our middle class is disappearing, when we have so many people living in poverty, when we have to deal with climate change, when we have to deal with this horrendous level of income and wealth inequality, mm. how do we address these issues in a way that takes on the billionaire class? There is one issue for me, Rachel, and that is, do we as a people, not Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Rachel Maddow. You can tell he's kind of vamping. Yeah. Like he's not going off a script, but he's kind of meandering a bit, but he's about to actually make a pretty decent point about the power of money in politics. Are we prepared to take on the billionaire class now where 99% of all new income is going to the top 1% where they have significant control over the media? So he's the poorest of all the candidates. His net worth is like $400,000. Right. Or what was it? $300,000 actually. Um, <clears throat> so can't, how is he going to take on somebody like Hillary Clinton who may end up raising $2 billion? $2 billion with a B. Yeah. Where they by and large determine the legislation that goes on in Congress and as a result of Citizens United are prepared to buy the United States Congress. There are a million issues out there, but the main issue is, will we retain a middle class? Will we retain our democratic foundation? I actually think I agree with him. Can we get money out of politics? Probably, I don't know, probably not. But it is the number one issue. Out of all the things we talk about on this show, that's the primary issue. Well, what do I always say on the show, Chris? Chase, um, you, uh, you like to eat chicken? No, 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 that's, that's say, the other guy. You always say, Chris, can we eat chicken? Is no, what? no, no, that, no, no. Oh, what do you always say? What do I always say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you take you, that is a huge that is a huge issue, and yeah, I also totally. agree that the, the way the United States is structured, if you do not have a, a healthy middle class to buy all the crap we're making, then the economy is not going to do well. So no. you do need a healthy middle class yes. as well. These are all points I completely agree with. Or in fact. I'm not over-exaggerating. Will we move to an oligarchic form of society? Let me back up a little bit because the, uh, the encoding got a little wonky here. But uh, Citizens United are prepared to buy the United States Congress. There are a million issues out there, but the main issue is, will we retain a middle class? Will we retain our democratic foundation? Or in fact, I'm not over-exaggerating, will we move to an oligarchic form of society where this whole nation is going to be run by a handful of billionaire families, Koch brothers and others? Do you see it as your mission to make, essentially, the Democratic Party take that on as the reason they exist and the way they are different from the Republican Party? My mission is that I have four kids and seven grandchildren, and I want them to live in a great country. And at present trends, that is not the case. Uh, I mean, the scientific community tells us that if we don't deal with climate change, this planet is going to warm up substantially. What kind of planet are we going to leave to our kids? So we have enormous problems. But at the end of the day, if you want to raise the minimum wage, if you want to create millions of jobs, if you want to end the disgrace of America being the only major country without a national health care program, you know what you have to do? You have to take on the billionaire class. You have to break up the Wall Street banks. You so he's a socialist. <clears throat> need real tax reform. I just introduced legislation the other day. We're losing $110 billion a year because corporations stash their money in the Cayman Islands and in Bermuda. That's what we have to do. You, have to you know, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Bernie Sanders is also, as far as I can recall, the only politician running for president who's actually saying this shit. He just talked about the Cayman Islands. Yeah. He just talked about the fact that that's where all the money's going. Yeah. He just said that. He just said that on national television. Yeah. And he's running for president. You know, the, the, the only problem, Chris, is remember, you know, I'm a ratings guy. Ted Cruz doesn't say that. I, I used to be a ratings guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he say- actually, hold on. 
for people might be new to the show, you say I used to be a ratings guy. You used to work. I used to work for the Nielsen TV ratings. And you used to actually be right there. I used to be the person the installing in the Nielsen TV Getting box. Getting the surveys, doing yeah. all that stuff. So, 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 yeah, you say, Chris, uh, yeah, he's speaking about this on national television. He's also speaking on this on the last place television news network. <sighs> yeah. I mean, there's a, there is a, there, this show, the Rachel Meadows show. At least show, he's out there. You this know. Rachel Meadows show probably, I, I don't, I think. One of the higher rated ones. I, don't, I think it's like 80,000 so 80, 80, or so. It's, so it's probably uh, less. I'll, I'll check my researcher. Okay. Yeah, you do that. I'll play the rest yeah. of this clip. Major country without a national health care program. You know what you have Maybe to do? Million? You have to take on no, the billionaire no. class. You have to break up the Wall Street banks. You need real tax reform. I just introduced legislation the other day. We're losing $110 billion a year because corporations stash their money in the Cayman Islands and in Bermuda. That's what we have to do. You have to raise the minimum wage to a living wage. Oh, you love that. And to do all of those things, we need a mass movement in this country, like the likes of which we have never seen before. The only way we beat the billionaire class is when millions of people are organizing and say enough is enough. We want to go to college without going bankrupt. We're entitled to health care as a right. We don't want our jobs to go to China. Wall Street can't run this country, etc., etc. And the question is a nation that we have to ask ourselves, do we have the courage to do that? Do you think a potential presidential run you running for president this is before he announced his run it could be the sort of thing that would catalyze that kind of movement is that part of why you're considering it yeah i mean it's one of the things that i'm looking at snowballs jensen hill snowballs jensen hill chase all right so i uh you know i'll I'll eat a little crow here uh msnbc is not last really they are not it's common conception they are so i don't i don't blame you at all i thought they were too no they're they're not uh overall ratings uh i just picked a day i picked a day last week um you know fox news is number one by a a two-to-one margin over over the competitor cnn is second msnbc is third uh, CNBC is fourth, Fox Business News is fifth, and Headline News is sixth. Mm, but mm, uh, okay. for Rachel's show, yeah. here's who she's up against, by the way. Do you know who she's up against? I've never no, because I don't have to. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I have. Um, I have just. I get so, one clip for uh, my uh, your good friend, my buddy, your buddy Anderson Cooper. Oh sure. Yeah, he's. Uh, she's up against him. Oh man, you know, geez, oh my god. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody. <laughs> and and your other good friend over on the Fox Network, mm. Kelly. She's number one. She yeah. she she kicks the Kelly she's, file, dude. She pulls in. You want to know what she pulls in? So persons. Hold over, on, can I guess? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Should I get? Should give me the. Uh, g- this is like persons a, over the age of two. Is this in millions? This thousands? millions. Well, I, I, actually, it can be anywhere from thousands to millions. Chris, how popular is the Kelly file? I'm going to say 10 million people. No, I'm going to say no, 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 no that's way say, too high yeah, for yeah, cable. It's way too high. Yeah, it's yeah. Way too, I was thinking me. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say. Uh, hold on, I'm going to back that up. I'm going to yeah. back that up. I'm going to back that up. That's fine. I'm going to say 400,000 persons over the age of two. 1.8 million. Really? Yeah, Rachel. All right, so now Rachel Maddow show. Seven hundred and five thousand. All right, so seven hundred five. So she's still doing pretty yeah, good. That's yeah. pretty good. And the prime demo of thirty five to sixty four, six hundred forty seven thousand for the Kelly file. Half that for Rachel Maddow. I actually thought Rachel Maddow was in the seventy to eighty thousand range. No, no, she's uh, well. The thing is, twenty five to fifty four. So uh, you know that age group, one hundred and twelve thousand. Wow, that's not bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, but actually, yeah, uh, Fox News they pull in the old peeps. They do. Maddow is pulling in which range? What was that age range again? Uh, so 112,000 people aged 25 to 54, 
300,000 people, 35 to Oof, 64. So, she, so what that tells me is she's pulling in more of the older over older viewers. Well, you know what? What? Uh, what? That just gives me a headache. This is why we do it this style. Go yep. over to patreon.com slash unfilter and just directly fund us. We don't have sponsors on this show. We, nope. want, we want to talk about whatever, and we want to be able to talk about it any way we want. And when you become a supporter, you get access to the supporter show. It is a lot more show. We covered more stuff. We have some music sometimes. There's a pre-show and a post-show. Last week, we didn't have an episode released to the general public, but there was a supporter show. Oh, sweet. So if you, if you're, and you can get access to it today. If you're not currently a supporter, you can go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. Do $2 or more. You'll get access to that show, the exclusive show just for our patrons. And, um, I haven't looked at the download numbers, but as far as just the stream numbers, only like, uh, I'm not kidding. Only like 12 people have streamed it. That's it? Yeah, it makes me not want to do the exclusives. Now, the downloads sometimes are like way higher because people have the RSS. Feed. Yeah, that makes, the sense. That makes sync. sense. Yeah. So there's a lot of other ways they can yeah. do it. But it's charged just like straight up streams on the Patreon Have page. you thought about the the whole, uh, you know, now with SoundCloud supporting the whole podcast thing? Oh, yeah. I'm, thinking, oh, I'm yeah. thinking about there's, it. Oh, yeah. There's some cool yeah. little tweaks yeah. that we can do there. Now, here's something that's even cooler. If you do $5 yeah. or more, you get access to the whole source of our show. All of the clips, the overtime folder, it has a lot more stuff, the artwork, and you really are helping us keep us on the – that's $5. You keep us on the air. You get access to all that additional stuff. It's the good stuff. It's the very good it's stuff. It's the good stuff. It's we the have the overtime stuff. folders, but there's there's uh, this week there's some really good things in that overtime folder. And then, of course, up there we have the, uh, the uh, Swag Club, which is really at the high end. If you're really into our show and you want to be an investor and long-term keep us on the air, that's where you go is the Swag Club. Yeah. I love seeing that uh, unfiltered number go up, just the patrons number. I, I, I'd i love it if we got close to 400. Oh, I know. That'd be really cool to meet that next plateau. We really would That'd be like, fun. We would, in fact, we might even start to be able to get some help to get the show notes in better order and oh, get, it, yes. get things a little tighter for us. Because yeah. uh, as life gets busy, we don't want to pull back on the show, but we need support. And the way we're going to do that is by getting more people at that Patreon page. We get more people, then I'm going to offer – okay, so I want to offer a producer an actual bit of pay. Because I need them to be crazy ass dedicated to the show. Yeah, totally. The, the, the type, yeah. the type of uh, attention and focus the show requires, it deserves to be compensated for. Because it's it, it requires a level of dedication that requires genuine passion and sacrifice. And if we can get up to about four hundred people, then I can start to afford to say, hey, why don't you come work with us? You can be a producer on the show. Help us make it even better, a little tighter. Give people more information. Make sure we're tracking all the right stuff. Yeah. Like Baltimore right now, it's an oh, area we're yeah. missing on that we just don't have a lot of clips on because I just have not had time. And if we had a producer, I've got a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but I need media. And it's just, this is an area where I can only do so much. And if we can get the show, if we can get the patrons up to around 400 and more, I think we can get close to offering somebody at least something reasonable. It's not going to be a lot, but at least it'd be reasonable. So patreon.com slash unfiltered. Thanks so much for your support, guys. Hey, Chase, are you ready for our high note? Yes, it's time to end the show on a high note. Now, we have more in the overtime folder, speaking of our patrons, but uh, I wanted to get this – let's let this guy talk and let's debate about the uh, claims he's making. This guy thinks – this guy in the CNN interview says that medical marijuana is nothing but a market to sell as much weed as fast as possible and they don't care at all about patient health. So good to it's see you. You don't know how big of a relief you are. I was disabled in Afghanistan in 2011. We took a blast, and I have rods and screws in my back, in my spine. It fuses six different vertebrates together. The cannabis store knocks out about five or six bottles of medications. It's actually a much better alternative. 
I'm hoping people will understand the difference between cannabis-based medicine and the medical marijuana movement. Now, this guy is, this guy's got some points he's going to make. So listen to what he has to say. In Colorado, we sell, market, dispense medical marijuana like alcohol. Which is kind of true. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Not, not actually not really, but kind of. If you and I walked into a pharmacy and there wasn't a pharmacist behind the counter, but instead was a drug tender who told you, hey, what painkillers would you like today? What'd you say the lime green skunk was going to do for me? That's going to be a, a little more uplifting. What would you do? Is it okay to be selling marijuana as medicine without a dosage? Because these people are not doctors. They're not pharmacists. Right. Without a duration. Have you ever used a topical no. pain cream? Oh, man. They're awesome. Nobody can tell me with a straight face, especially a medical person, that this is following a medical protocol. These aren't diagnosed. These are not a certain diagnosis. They're a doses. These are, you don't know how much THC could be in that plant. This is very scary. This is not controlled. That this is indeed focused on the patient. That's reckless, and that's what this industry is. It's reckless. It's about glamorizing marijuana use and getting as much sold as they can as quickly as they can. Definitely, you said the jelly scum. I think so. And I, I take whatever this man yeah, got. The knowledge you all have is fantastic. So uh, this guy's general argument is is that the medical marijuana people selling it don't have any clue what they're talking about, right. which to me is actually kind of insulting because the few places I've checked out, the people seem to be pretty knowledgeable, actually. Right, right. So what do you think about this, though? Is it fair to call it medical marijuana if it's not very carefully uh, dosed, very carefully measured, administered? I think the problem is when you start laying more and more layers of bureaucracy on top of it. And, and it, the thing is, you know, if – I can see both sides of the opinion here. You know, you go into a pharmacy, you go into a drugstore, you go into a place, you know, and you could read the box and go, okay, yeah, this, I can take this, mm -hmm. this for this. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have literally thousands of versions of Tylenol. You know, if I just have a headache and I yeah. know Tylenol works, I could just go take Tylenol. Um, or, so, you know, it, it, it's tough because you, you want to, you know, not only legitimize, which, you know, a lot of people already have legitimized medical marijuana, but you want to maybe take it to that cement factor, right? You know, and say, hey, this is a label. This is what, I, you when know, I hear it's guys tough. Like this, when I hear guys like this, uh, it does set off a red flag. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about uh, administering and, and measuring the administration of cannabis here in a second. But first, before I get to that, uh, when I hear this guy, what I hear is – you and I have talked about the, how the pharmaceutical company is working on synthetic cannabis that is going to be measured and prescribed and controlled right. by doctors, mainstream doctors, and they're trying, to, they're trying to get essentially the core elements of cannabis and THC and CBCs, and they're trying to put it into a pill. They can say, all right, here's 10 milligrams. You right. take this and swallow it twice a day, and this is your prescription for it. You can get it in a bottle. That's what they want to be able to do, and I think this guy is establishing the narrative, the need in the marketplace for that because this is going to be a prescription drug. Right. This is going to be a pharmaceutical because it's synthetic cannabis. So I think that's what's actually at play here and why this is being discussed. Makes but sense. that aside, let's talk about um, let's talk about medical cannabis for a second sure. and getting it. I, I one of the things I, I I find fascinating is in reading about synthetic cannabis, like I was just talking about. It seems to be that one of the things they can't quite figure out is when they synthesize cannabis at a chemical level, uh, they get it like right like at a math level. And it still doesn't seem to work correctly. And what they seem to be finding 
is that it there is inherent randomizing in you know you grow something and that that individual plant has something unique about the way it creates things the way things grow in it the way that even down at the cellular structure the way things are assembled and it's unique per plant and it turns out they actually think that makes a bit of a difference Mm. And so what ends up happening, and this is my really rough understanding, right. is with medical cannabis, in some regards, if you give the patient the option to sort of self-administer and sort of you know, self-guide what makes them feel better, because this isn't a very dangerous thing. No. It's not like we're talking about like, no. a prescription uh, a pharmaceutical that could actually kill them or, or lead to like, some serious addiction. This is just weed, right? right? So if you give the patient the ability, since we're not talking about something, this is, this is about as safe as aspirin, right? So we're, as long as you're not operating a vehicle or, or machinery or jumping off a building. Uh, so <laughs> if you give the patient a little bit of self-control, they can find that sweet spot that works really well for them. And it's likely to change because their body will adapt to cannabis use over time. So it, it needs to kind of be self-administered by the patient because it'll, it'll change maybe even on a daily basis. And if the patient finds it, because if they get the genuine product that's been grown, they, it turns out to be a lot more effective than the synthetic, synthetic thing and the patient has more control. So what ends up happening is, yeah, we take a little bit of control away from the doctor, a little bit of control away from the, pharma- from the pharmacist, and we give a little bit more power back to the patient. But because what we're giving them the power to use is not all of that dangerous to begin with, it turns out not to be a big risk, they self-administer, they find that balance for them. They're also empowered by that. And it turns out really not to be that big of a risk. And I'm just basing this like on like the 10 years we've been doing there plus more, more than 10 years we've been doing that here in Washington right. and the research I've been doing on synthetic cannabis. And so when I hear arguments by this guy, what I'm really hearing is let me create a marketplace demand for an issue that doesn't truly exist. That makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, everybody's been able to self-administer for a long period of time. There's been no issues with that. And now obviously when you have governments like the state of Washington and Colorado mm-hmm. and others that are doing the recreational thing or are about to, and they feel that those revenues are threatened, they like hearing about these things because they feel like, ah, cha-ching, more money. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. That's yeah. very true because it is all about that money. Yes. Now, Mr. Chase, yes, Chris. Uh, it's good to have the feel. I feel like we're back on our feet. That's nice. Yes, it feels it's good. good. And, you we're going to keep rolling. Now, a place that I've been keeping an eye on, even though I haven't been around, is our unfiltered subreddit. Oh, really? That's right, at unfilter.reddit.com. That's nice. Where you can head over there and, uh, you know, uh, engage in the community. Submit stories. You can let us know what's going on. Now, we're about to reach 400 patrons. Jeez Louise. But we're also so close to... You think we'll hit 400 patrons one day? I hope so. Oh, yeah, I hope so. But, you know, I know one place that I know we're going to hit 2,000 readers. We're nine away from 2,000. We're at 1,991. That'd be a nice milestone. On the subreddit. Unfiltered.reddit.com. And that's free, and you can, yeah. you know, make you the show better. Make the show better. You know, and there are people in there. There's, there's great coverage of Baltimore in there. Oh, uh, gosh. Our community. So many good stuff. There's so the Intercepts articles have been in there. Some really great stuff. Unfiltered.reddit.com. Make the show better. Especially now that we're back up on our feet. We're back from Linux Fest Northwest. We can yes. really use your help. That'd be great. Chase, yes, if I want to follow up, maybe on your shenanigans, see what you're up to throughout the week. Is there a place online I could go? You could. If I just need like micro updates. Micro updates. You know, there's a site. Uh, there's this platform called Twitter, and you can follow me there. Twitter.com/slash Nunes. N U N E S. Never heard of it. I tweet out pictures uh, huh. from from work. I'll go stand up right now. Yeah, please. Do, you know what? Uh, uh, right, what account up. did you? Uh, what which account did you? Chris Elias, brand new. Wow. Be one of the first. Twitter.com/slash Chris. I, I will follow you right now. Is that right. how, is that what you do? Follow. Yeah. I think so. I will I'm follow. New. Never heard of it. I will do that. All right. Did you know the Unfiltered Show is live? You can join us on live. a Wednesday. We usually start. Well, the pre-show starts around five thirty Pacific. Six PM is when the show really kind of kicks off. 
Go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that converted to your local time zone. And remember, if you're an unfiltered supporter of $2 or more, there's a lot more show for you than what you just There's heard so on the much. air. So much more. Plus, the overtime sync's got even more stuff in Too it. Too much! Guys, we love you. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode. And remember, also, if you're a supporter, we love you even more. Like, you're double love. We lo- we, we, I mean, we, I got a lot of love, Chase. Well, I'm, we, I'm poly well, with Well, there's my two audience. of us. There's, <laughs> there's two of us, and we can give lots of love. So thanks for supporting us at patreon.com slash unfilter. Yeah, you guys. But you really know what? You hear that music? Yeah. I think that means we got to get out of here. Oh, oh. I mean, we really got to go now? We got to go now, but... We'll see you right back here next Next week. week.